This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Welcome back. Winning Plays Podcast. Rich Levine, Brian, Rob. Hey, Rob, how are you doing? What, what is today? It's a Tuesday. A Tuesday, Tuesday. afternoon. It's been a, uh, another busy week for the Celtics, Rich. Yeah, do you remember? It's been a while. Remember we used to get those ad requests from uh, that male enhancement pill called Extends? <laughs> Yes, I do. Very, I, do I was thinking that. if there was ever a time that we could have reached out to them, because if there is a common theme recently in uh, Celtics world, it's Brad Stevens and his extends his Celtics enha- enhancement pills. But, uh, we had we had Marcus Smart last week, Rob Williams, uh, Richardson. Everyone's getting extended. I um I was texting with a uh, friend of the show and freaking co-host uh, Ryan Brandoni to to see if there is any. Uh, like, are there any other Celtics left on the roster eligible to be extended? And so guess what? Bruno Fernando, you're up. Um, the, the four year, $9 million extension is coming your way in, uh, in mere hours now, but it is, uh, unless Brad, maybe Brad used all his pills. That's true. Right, you, can, I, you know, listen, you gotta see a doctor if you use too many. So it's, um, <laughs> me, <laughs> slow down there, but yeah, so three, three extensions here in the past week, we already talked about Marcus last week. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll leave it to you. Where would you want to start with the uh, Rob Williams or the Josh Richardson? Um, yeah, Rob's Rob is, I think a little bit more exciting. I think the ceiling is higher on a Rob extension. It's a little bit more. I mean, there's a lot to unpack. I read your story in mass live about the Richardson extension where everyone's sort of figuring out what to make of it, but, uh, are, are the details out yet on Rob? They are not by the way. They are not. So I will, I'll start with this. I would be shocked if the $54 million is guaranteed. And yes. I'll start with this. I will tell you that it is not. Ooh. I don't know if we call, call that exclusive. That, I don't that do that. I, that's, that's absolutely exclusive. I, I don't report this kind of thing. It's no. not, it, uh, not not fully guaranteed from what I hear. I mean, yes, again, sure. I have, uh, I have winning, very little credibility in this game. Yes, but according to winning play, source, play sources, I have heard that it is not uh, fully guaranteed. I'm going to uh, follow up on that then to, to, right. to check out those. But yeah, that again, that is not a shocking development. Um, and yeah, so like with... With that involved, if if the if if the money is not guaranteed as we both uh, suspect or have heard, um, then there's little to uh, dislike about about this deal. Again, once once you kind of went down that road of Marcus Smart, then like the the train has left the station. So why not? Yeah, and, and like, okay, like I said a million times, if he plays, it's a win. It's undeniably a win. If he pl- if if he plays the way he did last year for that number. Right. And let's say he plays more games that he's hurt a little less often. If he puts up that sort of production for 13 and a half a year, that is pretty solid value. But if we're assuming he's going to continue to develop, he's going to get more comfortable. And if we can assume he will be healthy, it's a home run. Right. And so that there's a long way to go on this front for a guy who's, you know, has played what, like, you know, about a hundred games in his NBA career period uh, over three seasons. So, um, but we, I think, again, we saw game one against the Nets. Like, if you want to talk about a role player making an impact, you know, eight blocks and a host of other, you know, contested shots, as well as, you know, being automatic around the rim. Like, that's a pretty good combination here. Um, and for a Celtics team that aren't going to have, you know, big money to spend in the future, if you can get a guy locked up on a contract where he, at least has the capability of outperforming it by a lot, then that's again, where you want to be in terms of the team building standpoint. 
And correct me if I'm wrong, but that was already banged up Rob Williams that put up those eight blocks, right? That's a good question. I think he might have got banged up during that game. Um, wow. but, you're, but you but maybe not. You're right. Because he was rested at the end of the regular season. So maybe he came back and and then, you know, did that. And then it, it started bothering him in the next game or something like that. And let's be honest. He, he can stand to lose a little bit of athleticism. Like, this is a guy, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, who, who, who was I talking about? Oh, I was talking about Clay Thompson. About when yeah. people are talking about his return, what he's going to look like. If Clay was sort of in that Paul Pierce mode of like, you never relied too much on your athleticism. So as you got older, yes. you're still be able to do a lot of things because you never counted on it as much. Another reason that Isaiah Thomas, I think, has fallen off a cliff in terms of getting it, a, it even an opportunity now in the NBA because he needed every ounce of that quickness and athleticism to succeed at his height. So Rob is a guy that is like is going to have to learn how to effectively. I want to say dominate, let's say like, like leave his mark, impact the game without absolutely freakish athleticism if we're talking about the long term. And maybe that can help protect him a little bit because you see the way he, he attacks blocks and oh, right. it, it's been responsible for at least one or two nicks and knacks, maybe even some of his more serious. Absolutely. When you go up like, uh, you know, 10 feet into the air and the soft landing is not there for you, that's how you get hurt, especially when you don't have a ton of muscle in those bones, which he doesn't. Um, and so, yeah, like, you know, picking your spots for that and just knowing, you know, learning to protect yourself, which to your point may involve you being like, okay, I don't have to go 10 feet high for this block. I can go eight feet high or just, you know, <laughs> I, I, or maybe I shouldn't go up at all here. Cause if I come down hard, then I'm going to be you know out for the next week or two. There's so many different things that can happen. Yes. But a man that big who can jump that high and at that speed, Again, and you can you can go two three years without getting injured. I guess it's possible. There have been guys who have had careers like that, but the more often than not, more often than not, there's just a, there's just a decent chance. Has there been any player though that has played as little as he has that has gotten this kind of money in their rookie extension? I wouldn't know. I would think because so. like maybe like Embiid's the only one that obviously that comes to mind early, but that was a different category in terms of. Um, you know, just ceiling and production. ceiling, as exactly. Number three pick first, as number three. first rounder. And... Exactly. But in terms of, you know, that, you know, mid-level type player, obviously he's getting a little bit more than mid-level money here. Um, but like, it, it's, it's hard to think of a comparable situation from a guy that has shown this much upside, but still has not been on the floor. I mean, he played a lot last year. He played, you know, over 50 games. So that was, you know, easily his best chunk of his career in, in terms of a regular season. But, still just was not able to stay healthy when it mattered um, in the postseason, or at least in the last couple weeks of the year. Yeah. And I think we'll see, like, especially if we keep talking about the cap raising, even if it doesn't like 13 and a half million in this day and age, doesn't feel like a huge. No, that's you not going like, to sink you. No, it's not. There are a lot of, there are a lot of bad, really bad contracts uh, that are even more expensive than 13 and a half. Um, how bad it'll be, right? Again, we'll see. Like if he doesn't play at all, it's a it's a total wash, and you're 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 throwing you're flushing thirteen and a half down the toilet. But if we're if we're assuming that he'll be able to give a little bit at least, it's not going to be too too bad. Let's hope it's much more because I think we, we we both agree that like his value could be upwards of twenty million dollars a year very easily if he's able to even if he doesn't get that much better. But I think we both agree on this too that he has room to get much better and has shown flashes of doing that. Right. I mean, you look at the money Clint Capella got a couple of years ago. And is that, I think that's just the comparable situation. And I do think 
the upside for Rob, at least from like a passing standpoint and other things like that is, is higher than Capella, but obviously he has a long way to go to be that type of player um, in terms of just staying out there and doing it night after night. And we saw stretches of that last year. um, But again, whether they can work that into his, you know, whether it's his fitness or just his, his health plan overall, like whatever needs to be done here, I'm sure I imagine he's going to have, playing time incentives in this contract, um, which is a simple thing of being like, okay, if you can stay out there and healthy, you're going to get that full amount. And then that will, you know, be not that from what I hear, he's someone who, you know, works his butt off when he can anyway. So it's like, I don't think that's an issue with them. And I don't think that's, that's a sign of them giving him this extension now was a nod to that being like, okay, we, we know that you're, we can trust you to do this. It's just, you know, are we going to be able to put you in bed enough, good shape here to, to stay on the court and what's so interesting I, i've mentioned this in our previous podcast too i think is that all these guys are going to get a chance to do it in front of a whole new set of eyes on the sidelines yeah you got a new head coach you got a new coaching staff so like you know a- anything we think about robert does not matter it's what he's shown Ime and his crew in this short time and granted they probably haven't worked together very much um <laughs> and, and, and and it kind of they were facing from japan come on Right. So that's because that was a thought I had on Richardson, too, if we want to transition into that. And I want your your take, because I know you broke you broke it down indepthly uh, on Mass Live. But, you know, it's not even like a, a situation where, you know, the Celtics started spending some time with Richardson. And they're like, oh, wait, maybe we got a steal here. And let, let's he's someone maybe want to kind of got to lock in for another year. There's nothing that he was not able to win anybody over <laughs> in this short time, I would not think. So what do you think? Like, I know no one's quite sure. But what was the inspiration behind this? And again, this this came out of left field. It seems it seems like an extension right. for Josh Richardson. You hear whispers. There wasn't there wasn't a tiny little whisper about Richardson being extended another year in Boston. But why did it happen? You think? Well, I don't know if you've been following his Instagram, Rich, but he's had a lot of posted a lot of workouts. So the he's Celtics... also posted a lot of anti vax stuff, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. That's um... maybe that's the secret to an extension. <laughs> God, hopefully. Um they can get him to come around on the, on the back stuff. Um, but as far as the, the, the extension goes, it is a situation where I think the landscape of free agency probably changed how both sides looked at his situation from, from the Richardson side, from his camp, all these other guys in next year's free agent class got extensions this off season. And part of you is like, Oh yeah, that's great. More money for me. But then you look around the league and it's like, well, not a lot of teams have cap room right now. And the ones for next summer and the ones that do are rebuilding. So are they going to be interested in the paying uh, 50, you know, a 28 year old Josh Richardson, $15 million a year? Probably not. Even if you have a good year. So I think that probably made his camp open the extension. I think, okay, let's, you know, let's at least lock you in for above mid-level money here. And so we don't have to like take that risk of you having a bad year or whatever. And then, you know, going to Dennis Shooter out. I was just, just going to say, maybe, maybe, maybe he talked to Dennis after, right. after it became official. He's like, Oh, wait, <laughs> like, yeah, Dennis, in for one more year. Right. Dennis is like, what's, what's your advice? Like sign the extension, whatever they put in yeah. front of you. And then again, when you look at the Southern side of it, it's like, it's should be a good value contract. I mean, I guess we can talk about that part of it first. Like Josh Richardson had another year at $12 million. Sure. I, I like, what, like, even, yeah. if it's, even if it works, even if he has like, a year like last year like that's fine like that's not gonna hurt you right he can he can if he's if he's healthy he can eat some minutes which isn't like the the 
the nicest thing you can say about someone. <laughs> yeah, you can, you need some minutes. But I just think if you're really, if you're going, if we talk about like where the Celtics are right now, just just in their grand plan, where maybe some of these guys could be thinking, okay, I'm just going to be a conduit to to Bradley Beal. Well, you know, it could be Rob, it could be Marcus, could be all these guys. Right. Um. You know, and we talk about Neesmith and Pritchard too. Like, the better I play, that just make me a more tempting part of whatever package is going to, uh, you know, be, be offered up for Beal at some point. But if you're, if, if, if you're trying, and I think they are trying to get some cohesion, some unity, some real sense of team. And anytime you can just say to a guy, Hey, you're going to be here for, for two years. I mean, anything can happen, but we're locking you in. You're, you're not just a part of this team for one year to get yours and see what you can get on, on the market. Like you're part of this. So let's, so let's, let's start building for this year and next year together. And if you can get one more guy on board in that sort of um, on that goal, I think that's good for the locker room. Yeah, that's a good point. I think the distraction element of like being in a contract year hasn't been talked about a lot, but I do think with how things turned out last year and again, how the team was viewed, you know, the Kyrie stuff around the league or, you know, those like the Celtics looking like a team taking care of their guys is not bad for business. I would say from afar, um, even if they have other, other motivations on top of it, but being like, yeah, Marcus and Rob have put in the work. We really liked them a lot. We're going to take care of them. Um, Josh Richardson. Yeah. You want to stay for an extra year for a slight raise? Yeah. We'll take care of you too. That's not the primary motive actor, motivating factor by any means, but to your point, like it does help. I think in terms of heading into next year, like everyone can get on the same page and have, you know, be worried about, team first as opposed to you know getting your stats in a contract year right again and and we're talking about risks that are not that high right like this this isn't giving a long-term you know near max contract to an isaiah thomas that you know is you know gonna have to go through some some hip recovery and might not ever be the same guy like you know and and that's that sort of that was like the beginning of the bad vibes that were out there about like danny all that like what they did to isaiah which i don't particularly think was that bad but this is a way to maybe build up a little bit of that of that reputation and good graces like among the players and that sort of thing to be one of those teams yeah that we're gonna if you come in you work hard we're not just gonna treat you like a like a piece of meat like we will we'll, we'll take care of you the best we can and also trade you at the drop of a dime if it, <laughs> if it if it uh if it comes down to it no one they're not gonna let anyone stomp on lucky now it'll be like you know this is that's that still pisses me off <laughs> it really does um but the other part of it here that we are shouldn't call you brought up the training stuff. What all these extensions do do from the flexibility standpoint is all these guys are going to be eligible to be traded trade deadline now uh, by signing the extensions this early. It's like you know the the six month waiting period or whatever, which is adjusted by, based on the calendar for next year. Um, but uh, that will give again. There's it's not like any of these guys are a lock to go in an offer for Bradley Beal or whoever at some point, but now Brad Stevens and Mike Zarin company, like they have the ability to offer any combination of these guys and really give variations of a deal offer to Washington, whether it's, you know, you guys want players that can help you win now. Okay. You can give smart Richardson picks, et cetera. Or if you want all the draft picks and then one or two of those guys, we can offer you that too. So kind of, again, flushes out their options a little bit more. Whereas, um, that would not be the case if they're on expiring deals because the usefulness of that, it's like, yeah, you can trade these guys, but there's no certainty they'd want to stay in Washington or whatever. So you right. know, those teams aren't going to view them highly. 
No, agree. I think I think there definitely seems to be, and and it remains to be seen. We can speculate all we want. It certainly seems to be about more than like these are guys that we want to build around. Yeah. <laughs> like these are guys we are comfortable spending on and looking like a good contract, whether it's for us or for someone else. Right. So we are we are like we said they they are taking care of these guys, giving them a little bit more security, showing them some love, but it also happens to be deals that work out well for the Celtics. Right. It's give give Brad and, and Mike some, some more flexibility and ways to do what we, we both agree that they need to do, which is find another superstar or another star, another all-star, uh, another real impact talent to put along next to the Jays. I wonder, like, what do you think is the best role for Richardson on this team? Like coming out of like, cause like, and, and this factors into Rob Williams too, of like, okay, Rob Williams is going to be starting at center. I think we're, that's a safe guess. Richardson, we assume he's coming off the bench. Um, but there's a case to be made to like split up him and Schroeder and have Schroeder do that. And then you have Richardson and Smart as your starting backcourt. And that's probably one of the best defensive backcourts in the NBA period. If you go with that in terms of like on-ball defense. and Or are they going to go big with Al at the four and Rob at the five and then play Brown and, and Tatum at the two and the three and just hopefully save the wear and tear on those guys to start. Games. Yeah. I, I, I hope not. I, I like that for, because there was, there, there was even reports that Schroeder was okay with coming off the bench. Right. Like that was, part yeah, of I, I can imagine that was promised to him. Right. So, I mean, and Richardson, you can say this about pr- pretty much anybody in the NBA, but like Richardson is a lot better when he's playing next to the Jays. Yes. Like I don't think he's the kind of the, the the kind of talent where you want to put him on go to lead the second unit. No, he's a much better as a complementary piece. And I, I would have said the same about Fournier, but Fournier obviously is much better offensively in terms of like leading an, uh, an offensive unit. Even though most of these units are going to have one of the Jays out there at all times, anyways. But if you're talking about getting what I think the max impact from Richardson, I like Marcus Richardson, Jays, and and Rob. Um, especially as we, we've we've said, and you know, and Bernardoni has said a bunch, and I trust him that Al Horford cannot play the four anymore in the NBA. No, I mean not against guys that can shoot, um, which is there'll be what some lineups which is bringing me much. There are some because there are some big lineups in the East that you know you could say well, like the Knicks or obviously Giannis, you can put Al on the Giannis for 10, 15 minutes a game. Um, but yeah, there I don't think that's a that's not a winning combination. We saw last year, the double big in general is just not, you know, going to get the job done most nights. Right. So I, I think Richardson, as you know, where you can say to him, okay, you're going to get, you're going to get a lot more open looks, obviously when you're out there with the Jays, you are the guy, you and Marcus, but when it comes to maybe guarding some different wings, you can step up at times and take some of the pressure off the Jays. So they don't have to expend full energy on defense while also carrying the offense. Um, and I, yeah, I just think that, that he is, he is best served and the Celtics are best served with him in the starting lineup. Yeah. So, well, a week, a uh, month away from training camp, I should say, excuse me. So that will be something to keep an eye on that front. Let's hear from our sponsor bet online, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on your, all your sports action. We know baseball season's in full swing right now. Get odds on that NBA off season stuff, NHL, UFC, Real-time updated odds and props, almost anything you can imagine. So before things get going, yeah. head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and take advantage of the 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. 
Don't sit on the sidelines. You can use the promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's Bet Online, your online sports experts. Rich, I believe you have some um, some numbers for us to look at in regards to next season. Oh, while yeah, we're yeah, on yeah. the subject, yeah. Well, while, while you while we're talking about our sponsor, BetOnline.ag, uh, they just came out with the uh, the futures, a bunch of NBA futures for this season. Uh, that I think would be fun to talk about. Should we do the players first or teams first? I think we'll do the players. Yeah, so let's do players. So where do you think Jason Tatum ranks MVP odds? Top 10? Top yeah, 20? 10th is what came to mind for me. Nine. So Nine. He, you know what? So it's 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 pretty cool to see the the group that he's with. So there are three people, three players who are ninth 60, with 16 to 1 odds. It is Jason Tatum, Nikola Jokic, and Trey Young. Wow. Uh, yeah, I guess that I really don't don't back to back with with the yeah. Joker. No, that's, no respect uh, there. That, that's pretty esteemed company for for Mister. I like that Trey Joker and Tatum. So go. I'll, I'll break it down real quick. Luca is the, is the early favorite, uh, four point five one. Steph and Giannis are next. KD and Embiid. Then Dame, LeBron, and Harden. Huh. Then seems Tatum, like, Joker, and Trey Young. Yeah, I mean, I, Joker, that seems like great value for him. I guess that's betting on the Nuggets just not being good enough to him being considered. In yeah, and so much Murray of that out. is narrative, you know. Or it's right. like, so unless maybe he, maybe like I said, with because I don't know when Murray's going to be back. Definitely not for the start of the year. I don't. No, think. I mean, I assume he's gone to at least the All Star break. I mean, he tore his ACL like right before the playoffs, so that's yeah. So if he can, if if he can, maybe like average a triple double and have the Nuggets uh, like in the top two or three in the West. Right. right, that's tough. It's tough to beat that narrative again after you get after you got it one year. Um, and then Trey, I mean, Trey at sixteen, like he, if he averages thirty something points a game, and the Hawks are potentially in the top three yeah. in the Eastern Conference. Absolutely. So that's, and I guess that's the formula too for for Tatum here. If the Celtics overachieve, and he is going, you know, takes that leap to, I don't think a good thirty game, but like get pretty close to it. Like if he has like twenty nine, eight and five or something like that. And the Celtics are, you know, blow their win total number out of the water and look like a team that are as a player or two away from being a legit contender next year with follows. I don't think this will happen, but I think that's that's the recipe for him being an MVP. And that's probably why he's in that kind of company, I feel like. Jalen Brown, 66 to one. So not very Ooh. good odds, but he's on, he's listed here. Yeah, he's listed. So that, that's a good sign. I think hopefully all, all stars are on there. And um, yeah. There were three other guys. No, it's so Jimmy Butler, Julius Randle, Chris Middleton, and Clay Thompson in the sixty-six to one crowd. That's that's a starting. That's a solid starting wow. five right there. Yeah. Uh, but those are the five guys who are in that same batch, and th- and that's like you know like Beal, Paul George, Donovan Mitchell, Zion. All these guys are up are up, are in between Jason and Jalen, which I think all makes sense. Kawhi, which is a little bit weird because yeah, why is he on there? The Jamal Murray uh, boat, uh, Kyrie. Again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not counting on Kyrie playing enough to, uh, to win that's an MVP. Uh, but yeah, then R- Russell Westbrook is pretty high too. Maybe that's the Laker factor, Devin Booker and Chris Paul. But, uh, but yeah, so Tatum and Brown both on the the MVP list. This is an interesting one for me. NBA Coach of the Year. Mm. Do you think Ime shows up in the top ten? Yeah, I think I'd say he shows up eighth. Eleven. Eleven. 
just outside the top 10, which I think for a first year head coach, I think that's, that's a situation where you have a chance to really catch a narrative, right? Because if, 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 if not much change, except the coach and you can turn a team around, like that's a pretty good, but like guys like, like Jason Kidd, maybe they're counting on Luca really carrying them, but like Jason Kidd has, has better odds than you may. Um, Rick Carlisle. So these are other like first year head coaches that people are, are, are giving the, uh, the vote ahead of, and then like Billy Donovan, that's more because he's got a better roster. I would think like, I don't know how well he's going to do with that Chicago team, but who do you think are the top two for coach of the year? Yeah. Uh, that's sorry to put like, you on the spot. They have the same first name. Um, it's not supposed to former, is it? No, both former, former, former NBA oh, point guards. Steve, Steve Nash. And, and, and Jason Kidd is this too. No, no? They have the same, they have the same name. Oh, same Steve, first name. Steve, who, who I think I, who I'm blanking. Who's our other Steve? The coach of the Golden State Warriors. Oh, Steve Kerr. Multi-time NBA champion. Yeah. yeah. Steve Kerr. I've heard, I've heard of him. I've heard of him. Uh, Mike, I will say, so, so you may is 18 to one, um, better than, than Budenholzer. He's not, they didn't give him any championship bump. Better than Thibodeau, who's got his hands full, I think, in New York. Nick Nurse, who, you know, who is doesn't get the same love that that he did. Now that all his talent is <laughs> has gone elsewhere, it's funny how that works. <laughs> Doc Rivers at twenty eight to one. Ooh, uh, Doc- Greg Popovich at forty to one. It's kind of kind of yeah. weird to see the all those Doc at twenty eight to one. People are the public is low on Doc, um, which I guess makes sense based on how things played out in Philly last year. So, all right, that those are interesting numbers here. That's that's not a, not the type of waters I go into much. The coach of the year ones, but that's interesting dynamic in terms of how those are spread out. Have you, uh, have you ever waded into the defensive player of the year odds? Uh, probably just on this podcast, the same time of year last year. Um, yeah. I can imagine so Marcus, 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 Marcus Smart, Smart, top, top 10. No. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. No, it's interesting. Ime and Marcus both at the same spot, 11th. Mm. Marcus Smart is twenty-five to one uh, to be the NBA Defensive Player of the Year. Where's Al Horford on that list? Uh, <laughs> let me see. I, I was wondering if, if Rob, if Rob yeah, would have made it. Just when you put up that, that, those kind of block numbers, you think he gets some love, right? But uh, no, there, Julius Randle, if you can get a hundred to one, I don't know about that. But uh, but yeah, so ahead of Smart, Matisse Thybul is twenty to one. Uh, the top is, is uh, Rudy Simmons is, is second, Giannis is third, uh, the brow and Embiid rounding out the top five, but uh, yeah, so number 11. So Smart is just ahead of Clint Capella, uh, is he the eight and Jared is, Allen. Is he the only guard in that list? Is he like the top guard in the rankings? Uh, so I don't, if we let's not call Ben Simmons, yeah, guard Ben Simmons is not really built like one. So there is one, there is one guard who is ahead of Mark. So Marcus is 25 to one at 18 to one. There is NBA champion Drew holiday. Okay. Um, that's fair. Could ride some of that, that narrative that we speak of um, coming off his championship year. But yeah, there's some weird ones like Brooke Lopez, Dylan Brooks, Jonathan Isaac. I, I mean, I guess if he can stay healthy, but yeah. So number, number 11 for smart, which is pretty, which I think is pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, I, and he's a guy that if he can really, we talk about uh, just grabbing onto the role that that your team needs, right? Embracing what the Celtics need. And if Marcus Smart fully does that, he could carve out a, a decent defensive player of the year campaign. I would hope so. And I think he should be playing motivated after last season. And now with the contract, you know, all wrapped up for him, he doesn't have to worry about putting up numbers or whatever to get paid offensively. 
And he did take a pretty, you know, not a huge step back defensively last year, but he took a step back like the rest of this sure. team. And so that I would hope is, yeah, and a motivating factor in the team, you know, would defend him publicly about that. I know Danny Ainge did in plenty of interviews, but there's no denying, like he was not nearly as good defensively as he had been in past years. Um, he was still easily the best defender on the team, but like there's still a lot room, more room for, for growth there for smart. So um, yeah, like you said, just embracing that role of being okay. Point guard and defense. That's your, that's your deal, man. Like make it happen. Okay. So we have two more categories real quick to get through in this one, two Celtics show up in the, in the odds for the NBA's most improved player of the year award award. Oh, wow. And they, and, and one of them shows up in the top 10 and the other one, I'm not going to count them all right now, but certainly in the top 20 who, and, and so just as a clue, uh, Julius Randall, one most improved last year. So it, yeah. it, it, can, it can be players that are already pretty they, established. They're already pretty good. Yeah. Who make, who make another leap. And also it can be, you know, lesser players who, who go from a late first round pick point guard from Oregon. <laughs> uh, you know, guys like that. So right. who, who do you think, who would be your, your guesses for the two Celtics uh, and the most improved conversation? Is Rob Williams on there? He's not. I'm not there, yeah. but I think that might have been my first guess, too, because yeah. he's a guy that if, if he's out there, he's certainly going right. to show loads of improvement. He's actually not he's not listed at all. And it goes up to 100. Shake Milton, you can get at 100 to one odds. OK, uh, but Rob Williams is not even get that. Kind all right. of love. This is a good question. Um, so this so Jalen is Jalen on there. Seventh. Yeah. Right, seventh or six. One, two, three, four, five, sixth. Tied for fifth, actually, with Jaron Jackson, Jr. Jalen Brown, 16 to one odds. Um, so just to run through a top five, super fast, Michael Porter jr. Is the, the favorite right now at nine to one. So there's no clear favorite. You got SGA at 10 to one Zion 12 to one, uh, Kevin Porter jr. Interestingly enough at 14 to one, and then Jaron Jackson and Jalen Brown at 16 to one. Um, I don't know. I, I think that Jalen's beyond that. I'm, I'm not putting uh, 16 to one's. 16 to one that Jalen's going to have a breakout year is pretty good, but that, that he will catch the narrative and be considered the most improved. Hey, hell, if he, if he does win it, that's very good news for right. the Celtics. He's already an all-star. So like him, like you put him, I guess like Zion's young enough where you put on there, but like his resume compared to the rest of those guys, it's like, okay, what do you want me to like go from all-star to all NBA first team? Like that's a pretty, you say, <laughs> has anyone ever won most improved and MVP in the same year? Cause that's almost what it would take right. for Jalen to have a season worthy of most improved. Yeah. He would have to be that. And then at 25 to one. So if Jalen is fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th, the lucky 13th at 25 to one is Peyton Pritchard. Wow. That's that, I found that interesting. Like today, does BetOnline.ag they, they know something? Is this based on summer league hype on pro am hype? This is yeah. This, that, is, this this definitely that number dropped after the ninety two points in in Portland. So that's <laughs> um, that's uh, I that has a listen. Pritchard, he's got a, you know, he's got a very passionate fan base. I would say since after he scored those ninety two points, that's probably going to be the most read post on mass live all year on the Celtics will be Peyton Pritchard scoring 92. Did that, so did that really pop? That really pops. So people, people wow. are really excited about Peyton Pritchard and that includes the, the people betting on most improved player award. 
So what's the scenario? How does this season play out? And what reality? I mean, maybe it involves both Jays being injured, but like, <laughs> and Marcus and Dennis Schroeder. But like, what like what happens to put Pey- Peyton Pritchard as a legit, uh, legit candidate? Like, like does he? He has to start. You no, know it is. Like you have to go. Yes. Yeah. You have to start. And so whether that's, you know, you start. Someone gets like Richardson gets hurt, and whoever else they were going to start doesn't work out. So like, it's Smart and Pritchard your backcourt, and Pritchard just starts going, you know, shoots. 45% from three and puts up like 16, 18 a game or something like that. Like, I think that that's your formula. What do you see? Like, cause as of right now, let's say it doesn't get hurt. No one gets hurt. And Peyton probably doesn't win most improved is, is your second unit backcourt. Like, obviously you're going to stagger the Jays, but is it Schroeder and Peyton together? Is that how this works? And does that work? Yeah. I mean, I think that works. My guess is that that is your plan since you have the shooting from Pritchard in the defense and the ball handling from shooter. I mean, they both can handle it, obviously. And then, yeah, like I expect them to go small for that second unit. It's like, depending on if, if they start big for the reason, and you can you put Richardson out there with those guys, like, and then you put Tatum or, or Brown at the four, like that's that's a really versatile lineup um, with enough shooting out there to keep teams honest. So, um, but yeah, I expect Pritchard to be pretty criminally involved in the bench just because they have so many guys there that have questionable jump shots. So you need you need a spacer and that's what Pritchard is at this point. Okay. So, uh, NBA rookie of the year, uh, Juwan Bejerin did not make the list. What about Yam? No, no Yam. No, no Yam. No, Yam, Yam is, is, is part of the field. Kate Cunningham and Jalen green are both, uh, plus two seventy five. They're tied among. So in uh penis boy, uh, Singun from mm. Houston is, Dude, he... is, yeah, it's scary. He's uh fifth at 14 to one James. Uh, wow. Tied with Scotty Barnes and James Booknight. But the category where there is a Celtic listed, and this once again is interesting, maybe off that summer league hype, is the NBA sixth man of the year. Dennis Schroeder, not on this list. I was hoping that like, as I was scanning down and not seeing his name, I'm like, ooh, this might actually be a bet I have to take here. If Dennis Schroeder is, is 100 to 1 as potential sixth man of the year for the Celtics, but he's not listed uh, at 33 to 1. The guy we've already spent a lot yeah, of time so, talking so, about. So Pritchard, Pritchard. Yeah, so yeah, like that by default. Yeah, so that this again, the people are excited about Hayden Pritchard, and they're they're willing to throw down some some coin on him. So um, I the would top five real quick: Ingles, Jordan Clarkson. So the two Jazz, yeah. one and two. Uh, Kevin Herter, Derek Rose, three and four, and uh, Goran Dragic. Where is he now? Is he Toronto? He's still Toronto, but. The, the rumors, the rumblings are eventually a trade to Dallas, but that still is uh, mm. has not happened. So, um, and Trez Harrell, uh, eighteen to one, him and Goran. Right, yeah, Harrell's in Washington there, so that'll be interesting to see how how they deploy him. But all right, so do you want to? I, I, I wish I real quick should I wonder what, what do you think the odds are for Peyton Pritchard to win both most improved and six most improved six man? Uh, I think we should take that bet. Yeah, let's yeah, let's, that's probably like <laughs> seven fifty to one. Um, we can go with that one since that's uh, that will line up accordingly in terms of the odds. And then, what do you we have? Win totals here as well. Wrap yeah, up yeah, that. yeah. Let me, let me do that. Let me get there real quick. Um, we'll finish off with the teams. Had you seen the uh, the Celtics? I, I have seen the Celtics total. Um, I don't know if it's the same. I don't think the the one that I saw. I don't think was uh, yeah, it's the same as the one I saw. Forty six and a half, uh, which which feels right. Like I I I, I was saying the other day, I, I see. I can see both realities. Like we can talk, we could figure out the, the the scenarios where the Celtics 
push 50 and when they're closer to 40, right? I mean, a lot of it is the Jays, right? Like if, if you get 75 plus games out of both of those guys and, you know, Marcus and Rob and one or two, like maybe Neesmith, you know, shows himself to be ready. And I think he might be, uh, I, I could see them pushing 50, 50 wins, but without one of the Jays, I think it gets ugly really quick. What do you think over under? Yeah. My, my gut says over um, a slight over there, but yeah, you can, they're certainly with injuries involved or honestly, like this is an unknown coach and coaches don't like make or break your season, but they can swing regular season win totals by two, three, four games um, based on, you know, which we saw with Brad Stevens over the years, especially in the early part of his career. So um, that finding out what Udoga is like as an in-game coach will be crucial to that. But yeah, my, they've done enough here. They've added enough talent um, with, we had a slow start in that front, but the, the fit just seems better than last year. So that makes me want to think, you know, a slight over for that. Did you see the, the 76ers number? I did not. 51 and a half. Wow. I'm feeling I'm feeling the under there. Yeah, that that yeah, that that's ambitious, not knowing what Simmons' situation is. But uh yeah, and, and it's it's always a little scary to invest in in bead being for the long haul in the in the regular season. Um the wizards, in terms of the, for the Bradley Beal talk over under 33 and a half. Oof. I don't know if that's maybe assuming that there's a trade uh halfway through and they lose yeah. every game after that, but that's a pretty, pretty bad team if we're talking that that's the expectation somewhere around 33 and a half. Maybe I like the over there, to be honest. Like I kind of like what they did. I know Westbrook, like losing Westbrook. Um, hurts, but I, I kind of think it's, you're better off with Caldwell Pope, Kuzma and Harrell than what, like I, I would. And if you got a traffic, I would, I kind of like the wizard. We'll see if, if how those guys look not playing actual LeBron and Anthony Davis. I think that's a, Right, you know, a fair concern, but um, well, it's got to help Trez, you would think. He wasn't, right. he wasn't that great. That's true. Right, right. exactly. Guys. Certainly, certainly going to help him. But um, yeah, that's going to yeah. be interesting because they were a 500 team last year. So it's like, did they really get that right. much worse? They added Dinwiddie too. It's like, oh uh, yeah, like, I mean, we'll see. But that that's a number that seems low. The once mighty Toronto Raptors down the 36 and a half. Mm. Um, trying to think, see if there's anyone. Else. Knicks at 42 and a half. Which seems about right. I think they'll be they're going to be closer to five hundred again. Uh, the Bucks fifty four and a half. There you go. Makes it, so seems about right. And then lastly, where do you think the uh, the Brooklyn Nets? Uh, they're probably at seventy three games. Seventy three. <laughs> Brooklyn Nets fifty five and a half. Maybe they're not counting yeah. on those guys staying healthy, but that seems like no. a, that seems like a, fun, a, a a good over there too. Yeah. All right. Well. Well. We'll go, we'll check on these again once before the uh, the season actually starts. Once we, we could still have some moves. We've got some time. We got some time <laughs> to go through these, but that, that is an interesting, good first look at these there. But uh, that'll do it for us today. Hit us up at Winning Plays Pod on Twitter. Uh, you can check out, check us out on YouTube now um, as uh, well. If you search for, for thanks. us there. So we on YouTube do we start the Peyton Pritchard six man of the year most improved campaign? Yes, we the dual campaign. Right, so that that can be we'll we'll be titling the the videos for that for the for SEO purposes. But um, but yeah, well the extensions continue. Did you get an extension during this podcast, Rich, or was that was no? That I didn't even get I didn't even get a shipment of extents. No, <laughs> I'm done. Uh, well, we'll, we'll I'm wait unextended. For, we'll we'll wait for that. Uh, 
that product placement release um that ad that that uh partnership to be announced later this week <laughs> but yep hit us up at wing place pod hit rich up at rich underscore levine i'm at brian t rob and over at mass live and we will uh check you guys next week <laughs>